Hey everyone, this is Amani with Couch Co-op, coming back with a second LaCringe episode with my less-than-famous co-host, everyone knows, everyone loves, Brad. Brad. Wow, less-than-famous, huh? Look, I've been a ghost host for, like, four episodes, so, you know, I'm just happy that you uh, finally gave up the steering wheel. Now, well, yeah, you asked, you're like, hey, do you want, you want me to do it? I'm like... Yes. Yeah, because yes, I'm I tired. Do. I'm tired of being in the shadows, Brad. You're like the uh, the girl in that show we were watching, that what? new one on Netflix, where she jumps in that girl's body. Hey, that's a good show. <laughs> Was it um, High Spirit, High School Spirit? High School Spirit, or... yeah, something like that. That's a good show on Netflix. That was good. That was good. I was surprised. Uh, so yeah, I guess I'm going to start us off on this episode of La Cringe. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of went on a rant in the kitchen didn't mean to but kind of did uh something that makes me cringe is the over the top little league coach and it can be for any sport i love them i think they're hilarious you know they they learn the plays they all have matching t-shirts and visors and they're all like high-fiving each other and i just you know you know here's the thing Uh, don't get me wrong i don't want to make you think like oh like i see anyone that's a little league coach you're like oh my god I'm, like, I'm just saying like there's a fine line between doing it for the kids and doing it for your ego well i mean i think that's anything yeah and i just i don't know it just annoys me and i just like my eyes want to roll in the back of my head anytime i have to do, like see it but to be fair i don't think you're the only person who feels like that because yeah. I mean, they've monetized on people like this. Think about toddlers and tiaras, dance moms, like these parents that live vicariously through their kids. They've always been around. That's true. That's very true. Like, and I think for me, you know, uh, I'm going to tell a story about this because I was a, a victim. Oh, you were a a child who experienced it. Yeah, well, I was a bigger kid who played football. And I played in in Little League. I played the center who, you know, snaps the football. Okay, Jason Kelsey. Yeah, and I played uh, the nose guard. I played both ways, and I was a fat kid. So imagine how tired I would get and how hungry I would get. And when you say fat, you need to let the people know that you were not just a chubby kid. No, I was big. Like about 280 being about 57 at You were not 57. I was like 57 When five, you eight. were like 5 years old? No, no, I was five. I'm talking about I was at 280 when I was 5. <laughs> I'm talking about when I was like 11. <laughs> I Jesus. Mean, I mean, that's not much better, but it's still impressive. I was pretty big. I was a husky thing and I was like 5758 five, and uh we like my dad really, he would, his thing was to push me in every sport. I don't know how it's fat. I played every sport. I still don't know why. I can tell how. you why. Why? Well, oh, I'm loving it. Uh huh. Hey, that's so true. <laughs> I did love McDonald's. But, <laughs> uh, you know, and at this time, we were playing, we were playing a football game away, and it was like a double header. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I grew up in a town that, like, football was, like, the thing. Well, I mean, that's just yeah. Texas. And we had like doubleheader football games, kind of like what they do with baseball. Yeah. And uh, I still remember my, I was telling my dad, hey, I'm really hungry. I need to eat something. He's like, okay, 
well, do you want me to just get you like something to snack on? And me being the big boy I was, I was like, no, I want a foot long chicken teriyaki sandwich from Subway. Okay, that I can't get on board with. I don't know how people eat chicken teriyaki from Subway. I haven't had it in a, I haven't had it since I was probably since this incident. Yeah. So, uh, my dad, you know, he's trying to be supportive. He takes me to Subway, gets me the sandwich. Our, my game is like in an hour and a half. So, already, it's not looking good. Like, already, I should be like, you know what? Let me eat a bag of chips or something and drink like a... A whole bag of chips. <laughs> no, like a small <laughs> bag. Oh, my God. Well, you know. Maybe not. Medium-sized bag. <laughs> in, a, uh, in a Gatorade, you know? But instead, no, I devour this foot-long sandwich. And uh, we start game two. And it's hot. I mean, it's probably 98 degrees outside. It is hot. I've been, I'm drenched. And I still remember my stomach was just wasn't feeling right. And I kept telling my dad, dad, I don't feel good. He's like, you got to play. Like, no, no, say it right. Because you're talking about these extreme sport parents. Okay. Yeah. He, he was like, get out there. What do you mean? What do you mean? Don't be a girl. No Ooh. offense to girls. Don't be a girl. Go out there, you know. And I'm like, okay, you know. I'm like, okay. So I'm, I mean, I'm like to the point. It's it's boiling in there. I feel it. I'm like, oh god. So me being the smart child I am, and at this time they're, they had the cheerleaders on the sideline doing cheers. Uh, my coach is like, hey, Bradley, are you okay? And I'm like, no, coach. (laughs) I lift my (laughs) helmet up. And right by all their cheerleaders, I just puke that 12-inch foot long sandwich. It was all still intact. Well, and I think a lot of parents become extreme in, you know, sports, any extracurricular, even sometimes school. Yeah. Because they want the best for their kid. 100%. And they don't realize that their kids don't always want the same thing that they want. Yeah. So it becomes like, you know, this is my this is my future, my child because they really thought that you were going to go in the to the pros when you were 5 years old, 11 years old. They oh, were yeah. they were convinced that you would go play D1 college football and then go play in the NFL. Well, I have you know, before I was hurt, I had D2 schools knocking at my door. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's why. I think that's why yeah. some parents become like over the top. Yeah, well, because you want you. I mean, I feel like as a parent, which we're not parents, but as what I've seen on the outside looking in is like the parent always wants their child to have more and have a better life than they had. Yeah, I think that's natural. And it's just like a constant. It's like you're building this foundation or building this like a building basically, mm-hmm. and you want your all these future generations to be at the top. Yeah. You know, and to be able to look down and say, wow, it started with my grandfather and now I'm here. Yeah. You know, like that Drake song. Start from the bottom. Now we're here. I'm sorry. I had, I didn't even mean to do that. I'm sorry. So that made me cringe. (laughs) It did. Uh, did. Quoting Drake, but kind of on the same pathway talking about, you know, parents choosing things for their kids. It's kind of a trend right now, and it's a TikTok trend to be 
a sad beige parent. Sad beige parent? And like, admittedly, like, I am beige. I love beige. I love neutrals. But a parent, okay, this was, it like shocked me. I don't know what's on my algorithm, but TikTok knows that I'm a beige person. Because it was this woman who bought her child a, like, plastic Christmas tree. And it was, like, baby's first Christmas. Like, they can, like, put fake ornaments in these, like, spaces where the balls go, right? And she was spray painting this green Christmas tree for children beige. And then she spray painted the balls that are, like, the ornaments different shades of brown. And I'm like... Why would you do that to your child? It's a lot of like dark colors. Not dark, it's beige, like emptiness. Why would you do that to your child when they're supposed to be learning colors? She's like, I want my child to feel the same emptiness I feel every day. (laughs) I want my child to only shop at Anthropology and maybe Banana Republic. We only wear neutrals in this house. And like, I love neutrals. (laughs) I know you do. Not healthy sometimes. Yeah. I need some color. But why would you do that to a kid? It literally shook me to my core because you you spent money on something that your child will really enjoy and you're modifying it to take away a childhood element of color and wonder and creativity. Because I mean, come on, beige on beige. That mom's like, you know what? Beige is a color. So back off. All right. It just reminds me of those crayons that they have at the store that are like skin tone. I hate those crayons because <laughs> they never, they don't even like show on the, on the paper. Really. It's like really hard to like actually see that used paper. to make me so mad as a kid though, because like you had to color a person, but like yeah. the peach color was not like a color of a real person. Oh, it made me so mad. I never like, I just always left it blank. Yeah. I was that guy. I was like, it is what it is. They're just going to be white. Like a pasty white. I can't. But, so, kind of talking about this idea of color. So, I kind of like, it's two sides of a coin. A lack of color drives me crazy, but too much also drives me crazy. Like, um, Pioneer Woman. The whole brand. A, a pioneer woman was a lot of color. Are you talking and like, about the world-renowned Walmart brand? Yes. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. You're about you have a problem because you continuously buy me pioneer woman stuff. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's good quality, but everything has flowers on it. You know, I don't understand why don't you appreciate. The aqua colored pans I buy you <laughs> with the flower like print the on applique top. On it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's fine, right? But it it just drives me crazy. It's like too much decoration. It like overstimulates me and it's too many like clashing colors. And then I also found out that like the pioneer woman is not really a pioneer woman. Her family owns a bunch of land that's supposed to be for the native americans yeah i mean it's like yeah thousands of acres of land yeah that's not really theirs but they're claiming it to be theirs yeah it's pretty messed up 
Yeah. We, we saw that recently. But, there. like, I used to watch the cooking show, like, her cooking show all the time. Yeah. I really, really liked it. Yeah. Until I became an adult. And I realized that if I cook like the pioneer woman, I'm going to be six feet under <laughs> because I'm going to have a heart attack from all the butter, cream cheese, and cheese. That's so true. But here's the thing. Have you ever noticed on those shows? What? That whenever they finish cooking, they have like a bite and that's it. Like, yeah. Wow, that was great. Mm. I'm like. Where's the food? Why don't you eat it? <laughs> eat the whole thing on camera. <laughs> and you have to sit for 30 minutes. You can't go throw it up. Well, you know who's really bad about that? Who? Oh, she's that Gianna, Giada. She's like an Italian cook. And she's very, very much so like whitewashed. But she says everything with an Italian accent when it's an Italian word. And um, she's like on some cooking shows like Bobby Flay and things like that. But apparently, like she does not eat her food. She'll take a bite. And like spit it out. Very, I know you're very, talking about. Yeah. yeah. And she says everything with an Italian accent. Like instead of being like, oh, I'm going to be making fettuccine. She's like, I'm going to be making fettuccine. <laughs> I didn't know she did that. I've seen her before. I know you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's like, I'm half Italian. <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> fettuccine. <laughs> so, Mozzarella. Another thing that makes me cringe is when people play into their, like, 0.02% of the culture that they have, and they make it their entire personality. Oh, my God. Well, you know what? You know what's ruined that is what? the 23andMe. They have made it where, me as a white man, I could be like, I'm actually Irish. And did you know my ancestors? Did you know that we it? had a famine? We had a potato famine. White people love potatoes. I mean, so... It- but I mean, it just drives me crazy every time I watch her on that show, because I'm just like, why? Just, just say it normal. Yeah. But I guess that is like the normal way of saying it, is the correct way of saying it. But it's funny because it goes from like a very, like, uh, average American accent to like, boom, Italian. You see, that would throw me off too. Yeah. And I think you know, it's okay to be proud of where you come from. Yeah, it's true. But like, I'm noticing now. Okay. That most cooking shows give me the ick. Really? Like Bobby Flay, hate that guy. I hate that guy. I too. don't know why. He just looks good. He okay. Apparently, there's he something is. about his face. He's apparently a jerk. Isn't he like mean to fans? Yeah, he's like mean to fans. He like thinks he's like really good at cooking. Apparently, he's not good at all. Like he's okay. Well, the show can average. you can you beat Bobby Flay? They, Several people they have always beat him. beat him. That's what <laughs> we talking about. This like you can't name a show. About beating someone and make it possible almost every episode. To get beat? Yeah. To get beat. So, I don't like him. Uh, what's the guy's name? The mayor of Flavortown? Guy Fury? Like, he seems nice, but it, there's something about this character that they make him personify that I don't like. Like, the blonde hair and the fire shirts. But he seems nice. But it's that persona that I don't like. Why are you looking at me like that? I cannot believe you would say that about Flavortown. I didn't say about Flavortown. He's apparently an amazing human being. I'm sure he is, but the persona that he has to play. That is him. What no, do you it's mean? Not. That is him. Lies. That is Flavortown. Flavortown talks <laughs> like this. I feel like you missed your calling to you like. Know? 
work for Food Network. He is. And that car is his car. Wow. They couldn't find a red car. He's like, well, I got one. They're like, let's just use it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Flavor town. You want to know the one cooking show that does not make me cringe? Which one? You already know. The Great British Baking Show. Yes. I love those Brits. They are so calm, cool, and collected. Like, they're like, oh, no, my biscuits, they're burning. It's fine. Better luck next time. I know. It's it, it, so it fr- good. Because, like, they're just like, oh, I'm so mad right now. I'm like, are you? <laughs> like, can you show some emotion here? And they're, like, drinking a cup of tea. Yeah, they're like, oh, I'm just so angry right now. I, just don't, I want to fight Nigel over there. And it's like, do you? Because you don't act like it. I love it. It's so calming to me. And you have the music in the background. And then you have, like, this really kind of strange tent that they put them all in. The tent is very off-putting because it's, like, in the middle of, a like, and a field. You know it's hot. Like, you know it's hot. No. But they're all wearing their jumpers, their sweaters, you know? Yeah. I, I love it. That's the one show that I never get annoyed by. It sucks me in. So I will admit that we're on the topic of shows. Okay. What show gives you the ick or makes you cringe? Oh my, that's easy. What? The Kardashians. You do not talk about those yeah, girls. I'm talking about, and it's not like necessarily like I don't even know. I just I don't like I don't understand what the big deal is with the show, and like I I get it. Like they're like makeup phenomenons and like okay fashion first of all what first of all first of all okay. they are entrepreneurs not just for makeup okay clothing how do they become skincare, that skincare their daddy he <laughs> yeah. got them there whatever their, their dad died they've taken every advantage in life and ran with it kim kardashian was the man of the year like gq's man of the year what why are you looking like that? How? Let me explain. 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 Don't ask me why. Yeah. I'm obsessed with the Kardashians. You I are. have been really obsessed funny. since Keeping Up with the Kardashians came out when I was like in junior high. <laughs> okay. I, there's just something about them. I, I know, know like that they yeah. have the personality of like a leather shoe, but I don't care. So. She was voted man of the year because they're talking about her like entrepreneurial skills and how she was able to grow this company. I think it was Skims that they voted her in for that in such a short amount of time and make it so profitable and have so many people like affiliated with it that she grew this, this, I mean, whole establishment so quickly. They're like, that's a man behavior. That's why you're man of the year. Just give her person of the year. You know? Like, I feel like, because I feel, I mean, she she's a woman, right? And I don't I don't like that, the whole, that's man behavior. I mean, I, and I'm not, I sound like a sound feminist right now. That's kind of, I feel like that's taken away from her achievements. Like, oh, that's man behavior. So we're going to give you man of the year. It's like, make her the person of, hey, GQ, the first time ever. Instead of doing man of the year, we're doing person of the year. She has, you know, leaped bounds as a woman and in the market uh, that's full of men. 
I think that's fair. I, you know? I think GQ could have cut could have done that better, right? Changing yeah. it from like man to just person. But I think it's also a statement that it's like man stems from the word human. Right? Yeah. So essentially Too that human. is man of the year. I will leap across this and fight you right now. I'm just saying. You know, fight stems from man as well. Anyways, why do you not like the Kardashians? I just don't know what the big deal is with the show. Like, I just feel like it's the same thing. Like, there's always, like, Kim Kardashian's always got some big deal happening. Yeah. And then her sisters have some sort of drama with, like, their personal life. The other sister has drama with, like, a kid. Or their mom. Or their mom. The other sisters are, like... Out there causing controversies. I, you know, and then it, it's the same thing every episode. What they do is they just extend it, I feel like. like. Okay, but that's like any TV show. And I think people like it because you become so aware with this life that you feel like you belong to that family and you just enjoy that feeling of it's almost like camaraderie or like friendship. Okay, I I get that now. You know, I see that you kind of you know you nailed it on the head there because it it like sucks you in and you feel like you have to watch it. Yeah, you have to be a part of it because yeah. that's like that's your like a football team. Exactly, that's your team. Your yeah, I make that makes sense to me. And then like you see stuff on TV about like I don't know like an. One of them has a new product come out, and you've already seen it in the TV show. Yeah. That makes sense. But you said you didn't like it because every episode is the same. And to me, the show that makes me cringe the most now, every okay. season is the exact same in Yellowstone. Oh, my God, yes. Like, when I first watched Yellowstone, I loved it, right? I thought Beth Dutton was so cool. She was this, like, tough, like, southern, not even, it's not southern, country, Montana woman. And, you know, it was very, like, cowboys and Indians-esque. And now it's just reached the point where it's the same issue every season. Well, every season starts off with, Daddy, they're trying to take our land, Daddy. What do you, you mean kill them? He's like, no, Beth, leave me alone. All right, Daddy, I won't. And then, like, the people go (laughs) across the line. And then it's always Jamie. He's always the one that did something wrong. Yeah, then you have what's-his-face. Casey? Casey, like, running around the wilderness all the time now, you know? Like, I don't want to be a Dutton, but I am, but I don't want to, but I am. And then you have Beth doing something stupid and making Rip annoyed and... She just makes me cringe now because it's like, oh my god, how do you continuously have the same, like, what? Same story arc. Yeah, same story arc. She hasn't developed. There's no development whatsoever. Like, Kevin Costner, I love him. Yeah. No, he makes the show. Yeah. Like, he's my favorite Dutton. He makes the show. Yeah. And I think, like. He had development. Yeah, and, like, the first two seasons were great. Mm -hmm. I think we were, like, I mean, the first two seasons, me and you were, like. This is, like, one of the greatest shows on television. <laughs> it was one of those things where it's, like, 
first day of watching Yellowstone, you're normal. By yeah. by the end of the season, you have on, you know, some Wranglers, cowboy hat. You're like, yeah, like you're like a day fully, 30 of watching Yellowstone. You're, fully, you're <laughs> moving fully out invested. to Montana. Yeah, you know? you're fully invested. And I just feel like it's every season now, it's just the same. I know. And it's unfortunate it's... because I think if they would have ended it like after season three, it would have had that spark that a lot of great shows have, like Breaking Bad. Yeah. What's the other one? Uh, Game of Thrones. Well, like, it kind of, like, it took a dip once in, for people who are listening to this who have actually watched Yellowstone, you'll know what I'm talking about. When they bombed Beth's office. Yes. That's after that episode. That was the end of season, like, two, I think, or three. Yeah. It just went downhill. It was just like, okay, this is, like, they have AKs now. These dudes are, like, you know, this is a big corporation, and they're, like, you know, organized yeah. it's just it was too much and you had the girl from like coyote ugly that was kevin costner's like love interest but she was also a hippie that was weird i thought that was a strange choice yeah and like to me she's st- i mean she may not even be that much younger than him in real life yeah but she looks so much younger than him well i mean we stopped watching we haven't seen this past season is it going right now yeah i mean it- oh, i had no idea it's been going Oh, I didn't know that. Well, you just completely have bypassed it. I just don't care. Like once <laughs> Casey had went through his spirit spirit walker journey, where he saw the wolf, I was like, "Man, I'm good. I think I'm. <laughs> I think I'm gonna call this one a night. I think I'm done." Yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, "Okay, I don't want to watch this anymore. Like this is just not good anymore." And like, man, just there's so many factors of that show that started off so good. Like, Casey and his wife, like, oh, wow, like, his wife is from, like, a tribe on a reservation, and you have Casey, who, the reservation, a lot, all the reservations hate his family. So, that's an interesting, like, pairing. And then you had Beth, okay, she's cold and heartless, but there's this random tough dude that she has a weakness for. Why is that? It started off so good, and just now, just like, okay, people, let's, let's tie a bow on it and call it a day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't know, I, three seasons, like you yeah, said. Yeah, it lost its luster for me completely. Yeah, I can't, I can't watch it anymore. And I don't plan on it. I'm just, I'm good. And um, I think kind of like the last thing for me that mm-hmm. gives me the ick and makes me cringe. And we've talked about this before. And it, it, I saw it on a TV show recently. It made me think about it. Is this like, these southern idioms where they're like backhanded compliments, but they're not used the right way. Yeah. And the one that I saw on a TV show was, uh, bless, bless your heart. You know, in the South, we, and I say we like I'm real Southern. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> um, that term is used as almost like a, you fool, right? Like you're making a bad choice type thing. Right. Yeah. Like bless, yeah, your, I'm bless really, your heart. <laughs> The funny thing about me is that I don't understand idioms from the South. And I blame that from having parents who are not Southern at all. You don't at all. <laughs> like the pot calling kettle black. Yeah. I had never heard that <laughs> until I started dating you and your grandmother said it. And I was like, why is she talking about like, kitchenware? Isn't that the pot calling kettle black? And a man, he's like, what did she just say? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I remember getting in the car and I was like, Brad, what does that mean? And you're like, oh, it means like, 
you're being a hypocrite. Yeah. And I was like, why don't you just say that? It's not fun. It's not fun. You're being a hypocrite. I'm trying to find the show that I'm talking about. Sweet Magnolias. So it's a good show. It's really, really great. It's like full of female empowerment, best friends. You know, they're all in it together. But you can tell that none of the actresses or the screenwriters, the any of them are Southern. Because when they say, bless your heart, it makes no sense. Like, there will be a girl that does something, like, she, like, gives them a coffee. And they'll be like, oh, bless your heart. I'm like, that's not how you're supposed to use it in the South. I can imagine you watching, you pause it, like, what would you just say? No, that's how you say that. Like, it gets on my nerves. Because I'm like, if you're going to write a Southern show, write it right. It's like their writing staff like took a trip down to Texas for like a weekend. Like we know everything we need to know about the South. Yeah. Let's go write this show. Or like they watched the TV. They watched Steel Magnolias, and they heard yeah. one of the characters say "Bless your heart." And it is. It's in the South. There's a. It's like a kind way of putting someone down, right? Because you have this like synthetic sweetness in the South, where I'm going to give you a backhanded compliment. And you're not going to realize it until I walk off and it, like, really sits in. Yeah, like, you don't look as bad as you used to in that shirt. Good job. Yeah. Like, wow, you used to to look (laughs) fat, but now you're saying I look a little decent? Exactly. Yeah, that's so true. like, for me, I mean, I've lived in Texas since I was five. And that's something I've always had a hard time grasping is this concept of how to properly be Southern. Because you know how I am. If if something doesn't make me laugh, I'm not going to smile. I'm I'm really hard. It's really hard for me to be fake. Yeah, you don't smile. You don't smir- You don't do the white person smirk, as I call it. Yeah, but yeah. it and that's one of those things where it always kind of gets on my nerves because it's just like say what you mean. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think that on that TV show, it really gets on my nerves because they're not saying what they mean, and they're also saying it the wrong way. And yeah. just, it bugs me. I've seen you watch that show, too, a couple of times. I it's just, good. I'm like, eh. Oh, you would like it, Hallmark King. You would love it. Okay, Hallmark is Hallmark, all right? You can't you can't duplicate perfection like that, okay? You can't. Hallmark deserves to be its own station, which it is. And that is why. Okay? All right. Well, I don't have anything really else that makes me cringe. <laughs> um I yet mean, yet i mean i haven't thought of anything i you kind of nailed it on the whole i think most of the things that make me cringe i just notice get under my skin as i go through the week you know yeah so based on that if there's something that makes you cringe that you want to hear our opinions on it leave us a comment we're going to be starting our instagram soon so yeah. that you can kind of get a peek into our lives a little bit more. But yeah, leave us a comment. Let us know what makes you cringe and we can speak on it next time we have a La Cringe episode. Brad, you want to finish us off? Yeah, just thank you all for tuning in to La Cringe episode two. Um, we'll have a new logo coming soon as well. We're excited to release that. And uh, we will be seeing all the next episode of Couch Co-op. Thank you all.